This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Welcome, Samantha. Thank you for being on today. So thank you, everyone who's watching or tuning in later to our podcast. I'm Alice. I'm the social media manager for Jubilance. And today I'm talking with my amazing sister, Samantha Cash. Hi, that's me. Samantha is a professional volleyball player currently signed to play with a team in Switzerland. And in the past, she's won three European volleyball championships, playing for Team Lens in Austria, Team Northumbria in England, and Team Alcobendas in Spain. She also led the Youth Olympic USA women's volleyball team to silver medal as a captain, and recently won best medal playing for Team USA in Vietnam. She went to Pepperdine, where she studied film and played both indoor and beach volleyball, and loves Comic-Con, cooking, and feminism. So welcome, Samantha. Thank you so much Yay. for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. Yeah. So I just want to start off with some fun questions. Um, what's your favorite comic book character? Um, not really a no- well-known character, but um, there is a character named Squirrel Girl. Uh, she's in the Marvel comic universe. She has the powers of a squirrel, but her main power is that she empathizes so well and is able to come up with conflict resolution in a way that's usually not violent. And that hmm. she's just like a quirky college kid who's studying computer science and like loves her best friends and like will run into villains and figure out what the root of their problem is and then help them set up a bank account instead of helping them rob the bank. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's interesting. I'll, <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I'm sure um, in the comments somewhere, I'll lend them to you. Okay. What is your favorite star and why? Uh, for stars, I guess I have to say the sun, as it does a lot for us. But I, I have a favorite celestial body. It's, it's not a star, but um, uh, like it's to the point where I really want to even name my kid after it. Uh, Enceladus. It's my favorite moon of Saturn. Uh, it's not the biggest, and Saturn has like I think like Saturn has so many moons they haven't even named nine of them. Like I think there's like over sixty moons of Saturn. But in my opinion, based on all of the research I've seen, I think that Enceladus is the most likely place that we'll find living organisms in our solar system. Wow! Only you would know that. <laughs> <laughs> What is your favorite random fact for all of us listening? Uh, I mean, I guess it kind of ties into my favorite superhero, uh, but my, one of my favorite things is the, uh, there, that there was a 1918 war on squirrels fought by school children in Southern California. What? Yeah. <laughs> in 1918? Yeah. So at the height of like World War I, uh, like it was even, the, squir- the ground squirrel was even classified as, um, it was something like as, as or more destructive a menace than the, than the boy, than the men that the boys are, our boys are fighting in the trenches. <laughs> what? <laughs> they spent like over $40,000 printing up flyers and leaflets, uh, like to promote and teach children how to um, poison food. And, um, like, they gave them, like, guns and fire and, like, poisonous gases and, like, sent them off to go kill squirrels. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um, but they were, like, they're, and they still are a very big menace. Um, it's absolutely terrible. They take up um, or they consume so many crops every single year and there's almost nothing you can do about it. And so during the war, 
all of the uh, the fields were being destroyed and they needed all of that to be sent over to the boys overseas. Uh. And so they enlisted the help of the, all the school children that were still there because the men were overseas and like farmers and everything. But I believe like it was like a competition and like the kids had to like kill the squirrels and as proof they would like cut off their tails and send them in to this. Yeah, no, it was absolutely insane. And this one girl ended up winning and she had, what was it? It was like something like, it was like 3,780 squirrels tails that she turned in. And then the next highest was this boy that she was competing against who had 3,770. So, you know. So I females always feminism. win. <laughs> Great. Moving on from squirrels. You've lived in Europe for the past three years. Can you talk about some of the cultural differences that you see? I mean, I think one of the biggest things moving overseas and not just like, because I, I know I've had a lot of friends who go overseas for studies and stuff. And well, that's fun. You're also there kind of with like a group of people that like, you know, usually Americans are usually in the same situation. Whereas with my experience, it's different because I go there and I just start living with people of the area. Like my first year, uh, I was the only um, non-Spanish person on the team. Like it wasn't even just I was the only foreign, like I was the only American, but I was also the only foreigner. Um, and so you really get immersed in the culture. And, and I think to that extent, you kind of realize that everywhere is basically the same. I mean, there's all like little differences and everything, but everyone, you know, is focused on family and, you know, I don't know, happiness and well-being and health. And, you know, uh, they take a lot more siestas, which I greatly enjoy. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's one of the most, one of the best parts about being able to live overseas is to just, you know, realize how similar we all are. No matter how like culturally weird things can get, it's, you know, you can always feel familiar. And where's your favorite place you've ever traveled, whether for volleyball or <sighs> other, otherwise? That's so hard because I, I mean, I was taught, I you, you asked me this before, and I, I never really know how to answer this question because everywhere is so special in that they're all so unique. Give us a story uh, after, from one place. I don't know. Vietnam was wonderful, but then I also really, really loved traveling around China with you um, because it was just – it was incredibly different because, you know, they're, they grow up in, within a different mindset than us, and it's like, you know, the Western versus the Eastern uh, cultural values, and it's just – I mean, it's – I don't know. It's, it's wonderful to see, you know, the things that are similar, the things that are different. Um, I mean, I loved Iceland. It was just one of the most beautiful places we've ever been. But then Tibet was just, you know, so incredibly other in a sense. Um, I don't know. And then here in Switzerland, I mean, like, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. <laughs> just like walking around the Alps and like, there's just like cows casually just like hanging out around you as like I'm so jealous of you right now <laughs> yeah I know you should be you really should be can you talk about playing in Vietnam this summer what was it like you've never played in Asia before so can you talk about that experience and I, I did play in Asia oh uh, I'm sorry when I, when I was in the US I was a fool uh, I played that was in Singapore so I spent like a month in Singapore there and then now I just spent a month in Vietnam and it was I mean, they're both fantastic experiences. Um, I really, really loved the Vietnamese tournament that I was in. Oh, it was, it was just absolutely fantastic. I, I was there with an amazing group of American girls. Uh, but then I think besides the volleyball, because of, of course the volleyball is amazing. Uh, besides that, it was, it was so much fun because the final night, 
all of the teams got together and we there was like a banquet, but then it turned into like karaoke somehow. And then it turned into like, you know, everyone was like having like a dance off in the middle. And, but none of us were really dancing. It was like, everyone was having like a, like a push-up competition and like, you know, girl things. Um, and then, uh, you know, we were, it was like everyone's just drinking and hanging out. And like, we became really good friends with the Chinese team and like a lot of the Vietnamese teams. And like, I'm friends with them on Facebook now. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I think that's one of my favorite things is just going around meeting new people and, you know, making a lot of friends. I mean, I, 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 I say this casually, but I really do have friends all over the world. And it's, it's a really special feeling. And what was it like eating jellyfish? That's, that was my takeaway from, <laughs> from, from your big party at the end. So I'm, I'm fearless when it comes to eating anything. I don't really mind. I think it's, I think it's fun. Um, and so all of the girls would like, you know, if, when the banquets happened, like they would just like, like push the plate over to me and just like watch me eat and just be like, oh, what's it taste like? And I would just casually just be like with my chopsticks, like, oh, I mean, it's lovely. Like it's got this texture to it. Like, a, you know, <laughs> but the jellyfish was fun. They, they did it on a wonderful salad and then they put, um, they have the jellyfish chopped up very fine and then they put it with um, passion fruit. <laughs> Um, and then these like crunchy rice chips of sorts. And the jellyfish had this amazing texture that was like, I don't know. It wasn't like, it was like, I'm going to say like hard jelly, if that makes sense. Like kind of like, like not chewy necessarily, but crunchy with like kind of the consistency of jelly. Delicious. <laughs> it was really good. Oh, like I would totally I would try love it. it again. Oh. It was so delicious. <laughs> and can you talk to me about what it means to be a woman in America versus abroad versus in Vietnam versus Europe? I mean, you live in Europe. So how, how does the definition change and shift or does it um, not? I mean, I, I'm this, this is what, where it's kind of weird for me. Cause it, it is, it is different here in the sense that I'm, I'm going to say it's worse in America. Mm. Um, as in America, you always kind of feel this undertone of, being property or I, I don't know if I want to say it goes that far but like if you look at all of our advertising that we have and all of the like media that's pushed at us in America it's all about you know you know like you'll see like in magazines you know it'll be like 10 things like to love about yourself and then the next page is like you know like how to lose weight or you know everything like is kind of sexualized like even think about like a carl's jr's you know commercial where like you know like the girls are in bikinis eating burgers like it's just i feel like you're more of an object over in america whereas here they don't do that it's not as sexualized no no, and like, um, I don't know, I think it has something to do with, I mean, all of the saunas here are nude, and they're co-ed, and it's not, and I don't say that to be crass or anything, but it's, it's because the, your body isn't viewed so much as a sexual object as it is just your body, whereas overseas, or, or I mean, overseas for me, whereas back in America, it's, you know, that like, you know, you go into the sauna, and even when it's an all-female one, everyone still covers up because your bodies are... I don't know, it's simultaneously more Puritan in values and more conservative in values while at the same time kind of pushing uh, like a sexual undertone, That's which is very interesting. Because yeah, it, it seems like in America, we're, we're founded on these like puritanical values. People escape Europe think... to come over and, and practice a different sort of religion. 
But then I think like that's progressed throughout our country in a, in a sort of different way. Um, yeah, and I, th I think that kind of has the, everything to do with it is that we, we do it as much as we say church is separate from state. It's, you know, it has a big founding on our principles of who we are as a country because we did found ourselves as, you know, a, a, a religious state of sorts, just, you know, not the religion that was being practiced overseas at the time. And America is more conservative in its undertones, but I think because of that conservatism, there's this almost uncomfortable reverence towards like you know looking at something as an object then mm -hmm. instead of just as your person so like over here I definitely feel a lot more comfortable with who I am and my body and everything than when I go back mm -hmm. to America when every like even subconsciously everywhere people are kind of pushing this idea like so like I mean even like I've been catcalled over here you know you get catcalled everywhere but like I've been catcalled over here and I don't feel as uncomfortable with it as I do in America where I feel it as more of an attack of sorts huh. and it's not, I'm not saying it's an attack and I'm not saying anything I'm just saying the undertones feel different that's interesting yeah, especially since you have, like, you know, a lot of stereotypes when you're in America. You think of, like, going overseas and, like, you know, having those stereotypes of, like, you know, guys, like, kind of being, like, weird at you. But I don't know. I, I feel like over here you have more sense of self. And I'm curious about that. So being an American abroad, I mean, to be an American means a lot of different things. And But, of course, there's a stereotype of what an American is. <laughs> and and how has that helped or hurt you? Have you felt prejudice against you be because you're American? I mean, it's, it's, it's a very specific stereotype that people have of, of what we are. Um, and do you have any it funny is. or different types of stories about that? Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to talk too much on politics because, you know, being a woman isn't a political matter, but I have never lived in a Trump America. I was actually in Spain when Trump was elected. And even before he was elected, uh, when I said I was from America or even when I didn't and they heard my accent, I basically would just count the questions or count like, you know, the seconds until Trump was mentioned. And mm -hmm. it was... Uh, overseas, he does not have a good reputation at all. And so it was always kind of like I had to, in a way, defend myself uh, right off the bat. And over time, it's actually like people have just kind of taken it for granted that like, oh, he's in office, so I don't get it as much anymore. But for the first like two years, it was it was very it was very um, uncomfortable meeting people at first. Um, hmm. Because they had, they had not only the American prejudice, but it was also the you know Trump prejudice on top of that. Um, but and I know, year, and I know we have viewers from all over the country yeah. watching right now. And and I know, like it's always a question of whoever's in office. Like yeah. it's it's just always a topic when you're abroad, whether it's Obama, whether it's Trump, and yeah. I well, I remember um, when I was in France when I was younger, and gosh, I think. I can't remember who was in office, but I remember like all the French people would try to talk to us about our president then as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's, it's not a new thing. It was just, it felt a bit more attacky with uh, Trump, but it was funny because I was in England also when like Brexit was happening. <laughs> so anytime anyone tried to bring up Trump, I would just throw Brexit back in their faces. I'd just be like, mm. you, guys, you guys put <laughs> Brexit in action, action. I don't think you could talk politics to me ever again. <laughs> What do you think it means to be an expat? I don't 
don't know. You're always a bit torn because you, you, you know, I think, I think anyone who moves to a new place, you know, even like our, our country is so big. So just moving across the country is, you know, a hard thing. You have to start over. You have to learn who you are in that place, learn their culture, learn their customs and everything. And, you know, try to assimilate as best you can while at the same time maintaining your sense of self and your sense of culture. Like I always still try to have like a little Thanksgiving dinner, but usually it's like, you know, you don't eat Thanksgiving food because, you know, they don't make it easy to do that over here. Turkey. Uh, it's hard to get except for during Christmas time. Huh. Um, uh, and like the ovens are small. So, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a big thing. <laughs> But, you know, we'll have like a potluck dinner or something or, you know, like I always try to, I don't know, like share my culture as they're sharing theirs. But um, mm. I don't know, being an expat, it's it's fun. Uh, but at the same time, I you know, it's also kind of like you're always trying to forcibly insert yourself into people's lives. Like, you know, anytime yeah. anyone's like, oh, I like, you know, I'm like going out for drinks with my friends. I'm like, oh, well, I'm not doing anything so good I'm glad you're making friends yeah I just went out for a karaoke the other night actually it was really fun I am very bad at singing it's true <laughs> but we all were so it was oh really fun. that's fun um as a professional volleyball player do, is there a difference between female and the male versions of volleyball in your opinion I mean actually it's pretty equal. Volleyball is one of those sports where like the female is more dominant than the male. How so? Well, I mean, you even think about in America, like how many teams there are for women and then how many teams there are for men. It's very rare to have a men's volleyball team, whereas most schools have a women's volleyball team. Um, and then most mm. scholarships go towards the women's volleyball team. And a lot of times because of Title IX, you have to, you know, if you're, you know, giving this much money to a certain program, then you have to give this much money to the women's program. And so schools with like big basketball or football programs, they'll usually filter that money down into women's basketball, women's volleyball, and women's soccer for the mm. most part as the three sports as soccer and volleyball are primarily women's sports in America. Is there a difference between the game? Like, is the game oh, yeah. different? Oh, absolutely. How it's so? completely different. Uh, well, guys jump much higher than us and can hit a lot harder than us just naturally. So their game is mostly serve-receive. And it's um, if you can win one service point, then usually you're going to be ahead the rest of the game because it's usually just a side-out game because it's, uh, you know, you just put the ball up and they hit it as hard as they possibly can and it I, and it most likely will go down and then it switches to the next team serving and back and forth where um, women's sport, where the women's volleyball is, um, you know, we can jump up high, we can hit hard and everything, but we're more about tactics and um, it's more of a chess match, which mm. I very much love. That's like one of my favorite parts of it is trying to figure out and get in the heads of people and like see what they're going to do before they do it. Mm. I don't know. So it's fun. I'm not saying that guys volleyball isn't like one of my favorite things to watch because, oh my gosh, they hit so hard. But I don't know. I find girls more usually just like interesting to mm. watch because it's fun to see how they play against each other and how they, you know, go in finally, you know, because over the course of the game, you start with a game strategy and then it's usually it's like who can stop that strategy first and then once your strategy is stopped you have to quickly adapt to the next one so you could go through two or three different game strategies so mm. and and another question i have about that is why do you think women are making less money 
in the professional sports sport world than because, their male because people don't go to their games. And because why? people don't go to their games because people because companies don't promote their games as much. I mean, and not to not to be crass, but women's volleyball is exactly what they wanted what America would love. It's exactly that, you know, awkwardly, you know, covered oh my God, up the Puritan. AVP. I love uh, it. The, the AVP. But I'm talking about like it's amazing that there's not a professional league in America as one. We're such a big country that, you know, we could have so many different like teams like, you know, they do for any other sport. Volleyball is the premier women's, you know, one of the premier women's sports that girls go into and like it just it just seems odd to me and it's going to be a little inappropriate for a second, but we wear spandex. Can that, you talk that about that? Very, that is a very marketable quality. That, I, you know, I'm really curious about that too, because your <laughs> outfits, the female outfits playing volleyball are very different than their male counterparts in both indoor and in beach. Why, why is that? And you, you have know, you ever felt objectified beach- because of that? Um, well, I, I know of certain players that I will not name that have had their agents tell them to get boob jobs um, so that they could get more sponsors. Uh, and some have, some haven't. And it's worked for some. It work, it's, worked, it's not worked for others. Um, it's just, you know, you, when you go into certain professions, you become more of a product than a person. And you just kind of have to deal with that. It's one of the things. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm very... I'm very reluctant to do social media because I'm very reluctant to become a product, which I know is it's really bad because before my for my profession, it's you know important to be somewhat of a product so that you know you can get people to watch your games and support the team and get more sponsors and everything. But I don't know; it's just one of those things I've always been a little reluctant to. But why know, do you enjoy. think there's such a difference between the clothing? Why can't you wear the long board shorts and the t-shirt? I don't know. I, I, I think because I grew up in spandex, I have absolutely no problem with them. I, you know, I, I think they're really, really comfortable. I wear them under dresses, you know, I wear them around the house. I hang out in them. Cool. Um, I understand that it's, you know, they're small and they may, you know, turn people off. And I, I remember when I was younger, the volleyball kind of attracted a different type of girl sometimes because of what we were wearing was, you know, like if you couldn't be a cheerleader, sometimes you'd be a volleyball player because the outfits were cute. But I, I don't know. I just the tennis outfits. Those were I cool. know, they're so cute, right? Yeah. Their little skirts all in white. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Those are nice. I'm, yeah, you know? I'm, I'm really just curious because it's, it's, it's just progressed in such a different way. They, they so. actually were much, much more revealing before. They used to wear um, basically like uh, bathing suit bottoms for indoor games. Really? Um, yeah. Oh. Back in the 80s, I believe. Um, and you would like tuck your shirt into your jersey into them. And so they've actually gotten bigger. So That's interesting. <laughs> huh. And then you, you can usually tell who the like older professional girls are when you when I'm back home because everyone wears leggings because it keeps your legs warm. But, you know, it's still like skin tight and everything. But, yeah, you know, it's just it, they're easy to move in. It's it's nice. You don't feel restricted. I don't know. I just. Yeah. Just curious. Great. Let's move on to a different topic. I want to hear some like wild travel stories. Give me one. (laughs) Give it to me. Wild travel stories? I know you have a million. Give me one. I mean, I can tell you like last night. Sure. 
It's not too crazy, but um, it was me and one of my roommates and um, two girls from Bulgaria that are on my team. Came up, they came over. We had a game night. And we played um, poker with um, M&Ms like all night. That sounds <laughs> and then, delightful. Like, and then um, this card game, which is kind of like Parcheesi, but it's played with uh, cards as well as a board, game board. And you're like huh. with a partner. And like it's kind of about strategy and like... It was like, you know, whatever some, someone did something like really good or really stupid, like we'd make the other person like, you know, like drink something or like do a push up or, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. So then it was like the very end of the night and the two girls were out like hanging out, like looking over at our balcony because we have a lovely view. And so we like locked them outside and blasted um, Adele's like hello from the other side as we like danced at them. <laughs> It was like really cold. They didn't have jackets. It was funny. You're a funny girl. <laughs> Can you talk talk to me about your biggest success story? What what would you think it is? I don't know. I mean, what first comes to mind always is uh, the Olympic silver medal that I have hanging in my case at my parents' house back home. Yeah, I like to touch that it. That I put on occasionally whenever you guys start to annoy me. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I was wearing your Austrian medal. Or not Austrian, yeah, what? Austrian medal the other day, <laughs> just around the house. Yeah, I mean, it makes I me feel I, better. I think I don't know. I think I I value success in different ways, though. I think I don't know. Just me continuing to be able to play overseas is my biggest success story. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. and what just, brings yeah. you back to America? My family, my friends. Great. Yeah, because you were tacos. you were in America. <laughs> you were in America. Um, also, I'm not joking. Tacos. <laughs> yeah. What's your what would what would you say is your biggest takeaway from American culture? It's so diverse. It's so diverse. Um, I I always explain it like uh, when I'm talking to my friends here, like basically it's the EU. Uh, like the United States is the EU, and then every state is its own country because we all have our own different cultures, our different, you know, ideas, our different laws. Um, like it actually, I run into quite a few problems with customs a lot of times because like my documents won't look the same as someone's documents who was from North Carolina or someone from New York because every state has their own, mm. you know, set of laws and set of governances, which means that they have their own documents like birth certificates and everything. So they'll look at mine and they'll be like, this isn't what the, the, like, the other person's looks like. And I'm like, no. <laughs> It doesn't. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, no, I mean, because if you think about it, like every, every state in America and every like little area of America is, you know, so particular to its own people, uh, you know, and even though we're all Americans and everything, it, being American is such a diverse word. It's, you know, it's, it's unifying, but it's also nice in its in its differences. And I, I don't know, I think that, and it, that definitely helps me in this time with like all this political upheaval and the separateness is that, I don't know, I feel like I have this view of America that's, you know, a bit more how people view the EU and that, you know, it's a lot of people having a lot of problems because they all have different problems and all of their problems are valid, even if we may not understand them because we don't live where they live and experience what they experience. Thank you, Samantha. And I have another question for you. So if a woman walked up to you asking you for advice and you only had a few minutes to give her your best tip, what would it be? Oh, gosh. My best tip? Yeah. Find a way to love yourself. 
because you have to spend the rest of your life with yourself. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hard, and sometimes it's a hard thing. I, when I was in Spain, it was very lonely because I was alone for most of the time because, you know, the girls had like classes or work during the day and we only had practice at night. So I'd spend most of the day alone and like none of my friends or family were awake because, you know, it's like a, a big time difference. And so I had to figure out who I was stripped of a lot of the things that I thought, you know, I knew about myself and, you know, get a lot of hobbies and like, you know, learn how to get out there and talk to people, even though my Spanish is very bad. Uh, it's getting better though, surprisingly. Surprisingly here, I'm getting a lot better at Spanish. That's really weird. Um, I know, I've been watching a lot of Casa de Papel. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's very important. And you know, if you, if you're having problems, you know, just start liking yourself. It's, and even if you love yourself, sometimes it's hard to like yourself. And that's not saying that, like, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with any kind of depression because I am a very uplifting person of sorts within my personality. I'm a very happy person. But, um, you know, sometimes it is lonely and, you know, you just you have to like yourself. Mm. Sometimes that's hard and sometimes it's easy. But, you know, you have to be with yourself. You can't get away. <laughs> So I just have a couple of fun ending questions for you today. Oh, good gosh. Um, how would you solve the problem of the sexes if you were from Mars? Well, first of all, first off, if I was from Mars, oh, gosh, that would be amazing. It would be so cool. I'd be an alien. It would be epic. Also, also, if I was from Mars and they figured out that Martians were real, oh, think about how much more funding NASA would have. That'd be amazing. First, you would okay. be chopped up, though, because they would be like, you're an alien. Well, I guess we'll figure out soon with the Area 51 run, right? <laughs> Sorry, that's a meme for everyone who's watching who does not understand what's happening. I didn't understand what you were talking about. It's okay. Don't worry. If I were to solve the battle of the sexes, I mean, I don't know. I think that's, are you just asking me as like, as like an outsider? Am I like yeah. a non-sexy, like, do I not have a sex as a being or? I don't know. Um... I think just like looking at it from a new perspective, if you were to okay. look at it from, from an outsider view, I mean, and you kind of are as an expat, how would you solve like equality among the sexes as an outsider? That's a really difficult question because so much of our society is built upon a difference in sexes. I mean, look at the root of America was founded based on Christian principles, like as much as we, you know, was that church and state, but at the same time, uh, that's the root of everything. And, you know, look at who they celebrate in the Christian religion. I mean, and then you go to any religion, but, and for the most part, you know, it's a very, you know, patriarchal system. And so I, I don't know, I don't know if I have any kind of answer for that because I think we'd have to, in order to have true equality on all levels, we'd have to kind of strip away who we are as people first and really kind of look at ourselves and understand what we value and why we value and how to move forward from there. Thank you, Samantha. I, I know, yeah. It's not a nice answer to that. And I don't It's know okay. I want to talk to you about this later. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it's very interesting, and I think I don't know. The only thing that's gonna 
that's going to keep us moving forward is just having wonderful men consi- consi- consistently support us. And I know that's bad. Like, you know, you want to think, oh, I can like lift myself up by myself. But I, I think at the same time, no, you need, it's a partnership and you need to find people who support you and who continue. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be people who don't and there, but you know, you'll always be able to find people who do. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just, I don't know if there's ever going to be an overarching agreement upon acceptance that's also built culturally into our Western society. But I think that we're reaching points where we're all starting to, you know, understand and get along and realize that we're all people and that, you know, I mean, look at the not like people are starting to accept non-binary people. And it's, you know, it's wonderful uh, that everyone who feels that they deserve acceptance can start to find acceptance. So I'm going to move forward from there, Samantha. Um, I'm sorry. I'm such a I'm such a downer. If you were a pie, Live your best life. What flavor would you be? So, okay, so we're going into fun questions now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I thought that other fun. one was a fun question. But... I mean, I don't know. Like, Smith, how do you, how do you, they're big world problems. Okay, if I was a pie, I don't know. I like apple rhubarb. It's nice with a crumble top from Julian. It's so good. It's okay. So if they made a movie about your life, who would play you and why? Sir Patrick Stewart, because it'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. love to see him in the volleyball scenes. Yeah. I feel like he'd get really into it too. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add? Or Brie to our Larson, viewers? just because she's fabulous. Oh, she can do anything. She's pretty cool. She can do anything. Anything else you'd like to add to everyone who's watching? Be happy with your life because, you know, it's the life you're given. It's the life you're blessed with, you know. Mm. Or love your parents and your, <laughs> and your sisters. <laughs> Call your friends. Thank you so much for being on today, Samantha. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry for being kind of a downer. Well, thank you for being on. And thank you, everyone who's listening and watching. This is Samantha Cash, and we're, we were so happy to have her. So bye. Bye. Love yourself. Bye.